0: You are tuned into another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. We really need to find out what Kyle Isbell is and what he is not, looking as a future fit for this organization. Secondly, which players need to be protected on the 40-man roster? And will Zach Granke have any spot in this rotation to close out the year? I'll tell you about it all coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First things first, thank you for making Locked On Royals your first listen every day. And you can always find us on all of those podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music, just to name a few. And you can always catch us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. You also can find me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And if this is your first episode that you were ever tuning in for, Uh, Let me just give you a little background uh, on me, uh, on what I do, why I'm doing this. Uh, Sports has always been a part of my entire life, and especially the Kansas City Royals have always been a part of my life. I'm a lifelong fan and use that fandom to join sports in the professional world. Uh, I have been covering the, the Royals for the last two to three years. I now work in radio broadcast, Sports Radio 810, WHB up here in Kansas City. I just recently took over this podcast, and I'm always happy to give you the listener everything I can, as much content as I can for a team that maybe you tuned out a while ago. I always try to make it fun and entertaining to close out this Major League Baseball season. And no, I would say that not all the time do we have the most invigorating topics, but I would say for the most part, and when you tune into the show, whether that topic sounds interesting to begin with or not, I feel like by the end of it, you're going to enjoy watching this episode. So again, you can always find us on all those podcasting platforms and on YouTube. What I wanted to do to kick off the show today was discuss a member of this outfield who I'm not completely sold on, but I actually think there's a bigger group out there and not so much a minority that believes that he can be a fit for this future team. And that member of the outfield is Kyle Lisbeth. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today and do a whole podcast on it today was because on Twitter, I was asked yesterday of which guys I would hang on to. Who would I build the lineup around? Who would I build the rotation, the bullpen, all of that? And I basically came up with a list of names. For the bullpen, I had John McMillan. I had Alec Marsh. I had Austin Cox. And I'd trade Carlos Hernandez this offseason. Then for the rotation, I'm keeping Cole Reagans and I'm trading Brady Singer this offseason. So there's four open spots for competition, free agency, trade, whatever you want it to be. Then for the lineup, I have Michael Garcia at third, Bobby Wood Jr. at short, Vinny Pasquantino, at first base, Michael Massey at second, MJ Melendez, corner outfield spot or DH, Drew Waters, and Freddie me. Now, Royals Farm Report is also a great follow. Go follow them on Twitter, at Royals Farm. He brought up uh, the debate or the argument for a guy like Kyle Lisbow. And he said Kyle Lisbow has a 93 WRC plus over his last 140 plate appearances and has the 14th most outs above average of every outfielder in baseball, despite missing over a month on the injured list. His erasure by Royals fans is silly. Isbel is good. You know, I think this is a, a really good spot to start because sometimes eye test is a big part of baseball. Eye test for fans might be the biggest thing that we all do. Now, when you look at a player, his swing, how he feels, how he throws, you know, for pitchers, his arm slot, how much the ball moves, it's all eye test. I think for Kyle Isbell – If you've seen him play before, if you've seen him in person, you've seen him on TV, I would say defensively, the eye test would show you he's a very good defensive outfielder. The metrics, the data, that backs it up. Offensively, I've always thought the swing was a little bit long. I didn't think there was much pop in the bat. And center field is a big-time premium position. When we have debated Michael Massey before, and if he's a future fit for this team, I feel like second base is one of those spots where you just need somebody good defensively If you can get enough offensively I can live with it center field I think I need a little bit more which is why I have kind of been out on Kyle Isbell for a while but I also think that Royals Farm Report brings up a really good debate a really good argument for Kyle Isbell that he has had a very weird path a very weird trajectory to where he's at today now injuries have derailed him from time to time but I thought this was a really good point to double down on. So I argued that in a 607 career plate appearances, WRC plus is 74. He's got a 23.6% K rate. But I think that could be a fourth outfielder type of guy because he's that good defensively. And fourth outfielders usually just need to be able to run it down and play high IQ defense out in the outfield. But something I maybe didn't factor in that Royals Farm Report points out is that he had a very weird career because he debuted after that COVID year. So if you remember back to the COVID year, uh, no minor league baseball was played. So he's having to get work up here at Legends Park in KCK, which is the home of the Kansas City Monarchs. He's working out there with other minor leaguers and guys that are on rehab assignments from the big league level. It's not a true season. So he comes up in 2021, didn't have any at-bats above high A, so really made that big-time jump, then came back the next year I do remember him being good from time to time. He had a pretty good stretch to close out the year, if I can recall correctly. And then in 2022, not a very good year. But Royals Farm Report argues that, you know, maybe that was just his rookie season, his true rookie season, a full rookie year. And this year, in the last 140, 150 plate appearances, he's been good enough defensively and I would say doing enough offensively. He's been that guy in center field. Like that's the if you're going to replace Michael A. Taylor's defense out there in center field, Kyle Isbell's done a great job of it. Offensively, I would argue it's about the same with less pop. And I don't want to say that it's going to be a Cody Bellinger or a Kevin Kiermaier out there in center field because that does feel like a long shot. I mean, you go Cody Bellinger, you are really opening up that wallet and giving a hefty price to a guy that, yes, has been fantastic for Chicago, but I also don't think it's going to want to come play in Kansas City when he's playing for the Cubs or he's playing for the Dodgers and teams like that. He's going to want to go to a true contender. Kiermaier could make sense, but he's rarely healthy, and we've knocked Kyle Isbell before for health. I just think he's kind of in this limbo right now. I don't think I am going to throw a fit if he's the opening day center fielder, I'd like to see a little bit more offensively in the strikeout rate to go down and the walk rate to go up, but beggars can't be choosers. I always believe that there is a better guy out there, or I have believed that there's a better guy out there than Kyle Isbell, but I don't have a perfect fit just yet. You know, if you're asking me in the system, the guy I really want to take over center field in the future, well, that could be a Carson Rockaford who you took in the draft this year, or it could be a Javier Vaz who you took late in the draft last year out of Vanderbilt. But those guys are still two years away. So does it make much sense to move on from Kyle Isbell when you get him next to nothing, good defense, and he's fine offensively, or do you try to go, I guess, quote, unquote, all in next year and get a Kevin Kiermeyer? I mean, he's a, a three-plus war player right now and hasn't played the whole season. So defensively, he's great. Age, he's going to be 35. Offensively, he's better than Kyle Isbell, but you're also banking on the health. What you could do is get Kevin Kiermaier for an affordable price, keep Kyle Isbell as a fourth outfielder, Kevin Kiermaier gets hurt while well, you're not losing anything defensively in the outfield. Now, that to me feels like a pretty good fit. I just think for an evaluation year, though, you are looking – For guys that are future fits. Michael Garcia, Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, future fits. Stopgap guys, Freddie Fermin, Michael Massey, Drew Waters, Kyle Isbell, MJ Melendez. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I only got three guys in this lineup that I believe can be a part of this team two plus years, unless they were to trade one of them, which I don't see as likely. Kyle Isbell can be a fourth outfielder. And maybe for a team that's not going to be truly competing for a postseason spot next year, I shouldn't worry about this too much. And I will say I turned a blind eye for maybe some of the advanced metrics over the last 140 plate appearances. I just need to see a little bit more. Again, I'm not going to throw a fit. It's not going to be like a Hunter Dozer situation where he was on the opening day roster. I'm going, why? Why is he out there again? Kyle Isbell gives you something defensively. I just need to see a little bit more at the plate. He's been fine. But are we going to be okay with fine for the future? I mean, this is center field here. You look at the best Royals teams in the last 20, 25 years, they had a very good center fielder and a guy that could really put it together at the plate. I can't say Kyle Isbell's found it just yet. I'm not going to say he's incredibly young, but he has had a very intriguing path to the big league level. He didn't really get the full development, and injuries have been a problem too. But at what point do you go, it's time to move on? At what point? Do you feel like you need to give them more time? I think the Royals are going to have their decision made this offseason. Just what they can do with Kyle Isbell. Okay, looking ahead to this offseason, I want to look at some guys that the Royals are probably going to add to the 40-man roster. And why? Because if they're not, they could be at risk to being taken in the Rule 5 draft. That's coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at underscore 15 That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors in bunches. So are you looking forward to chatting alongside a lot of the Locked On hosts? Do you want to talk more baseball every single day? Well. Join the Bunches app and join our group on Locked On MLB. So Bunches is a free app where sports fans go to chat. And Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches. So go there after this podcast and connect with other baseball fans, chat your favorite team, and keep up with the latest MLB news. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, Just chat about it in the Locked On MLB Bunch on Bunches. So anything you want to ask about this show, anything you want to ask about another show, you can do that in that group chat. You can also tell a personal story about your experience in Locked On MLB Bunch or call out a Locked On fan that posts an interesting take on Bunches just for more conversation, more takes, and just more fun on the Bunches app. So download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes that I will post at the end of this show to join the Lockdown MLB Bunch community today. The 40-man roster is always an intriguing case going into the offseason, especially for a team that's trying to rebuild a little bit. Because the Rule 5 draft is one of the ways you can try to rebuild a roster. Now, you can go into this offseason, look at certain guys and say, okay, we feel like Another team out there isn't going to gamble on a roster spot for this guy. Because if you don't know how the Rule 5 draft works, it's where the Royals got Brad Keller. It's where the Royals got Joaquin Soria. You are going to be able to pick anybody in the minor leagues from an organization that is not on the 40-man roster. That player that immediately goes to the big league level and plays on that team from the start of the year to hopefully the end of the year if they succeed. If they don't, you have to send them back to that team. So the Royals are going to be in this tough spot. Where there are certain guys who are close enough to the big league level, but they're not in the 40 man roster. So, who really would be a lock to be added to the 40 man roster this fall or winter? I think number one, you start with the pitchers here. I think Anthony Veneziano, I think Will Klein, and I think Steven Cruz are all going to be added to the 40 man roster. You could also look into somebody like a Chandler Champlain. I think you would look into somebody like a. Oh, and Noah Cameron, a Tyson Guerrero. If you really feel like somebody's going to take a chance and add that guy to their roster. no. to me, pitchers are the most important because a lot of teams, they can go through a loophole here. If you can remember back, oh, four to five years ago, the Royals had a 19-year-old prospect in Elvis Lusaino. And Lusaino, who they had acquired in the, I think, the Kelvin Herrera trade when they sent him to Washington. Now Elvis Luciano you know, was either from that one or the John Jay trade. It was the 2018 season, but anyways, he was in the Royals' minor league system, and the Blue Jays used their Rule Five pick on him. And because he's a, he was a pitcher, they had some sort of loophole with it, where you bring him up to the big league level. He played for a little bit, and then he had an injury, but they kind of stashed him on the injured list for a long time because if that player stays on the big league roster for the entire year and you don't have to move them to the 60 day and off the 40 man then you can keep them so there's always a loophole with pitchers which is why you have to be more precise more careful with picking your 40 man roster guys i feel like will klein and steven cruz would be prime candidates to be taken because they're on the 40 man i also think those two guys have a good chance of being september call-ups they very well could be Will Klein, I think much more so than Steven Cruz because he's been in Omaha a bit longer, though he struggled. Anthony Veneziano, he feels like another guy that could get a shot in September because of the way the rotation is shaping up a little bit. But he's somebody I expect to get added, just more so depth than anything. And the Royals also have a lot of guys in the 40-man right now that just simply don't belong in the 40-man anymore. So to me, I feel like you go go to this offseason first trying to add pitching. Add pitching into your 40-man roster, and I feel pretty good with it. As for position players, Tyler Gentry is somebody that I think you want to try to go ahead and add to the 40-man roster. If it's not in September, it's going to be pretty early on next year that Tyler Gentry gets a shot to play in the outfield for Kansas City. He's been one of Omaha's best hitters of late. He has been a guy that has improved his walk rate significantly in Omaha. He's still got a little bit of power in that bat. I think he's somebody that you kind of can look at no, oh, I would say like a Michael Massey. No, I don't want to say like a Samad Taylor because I think he's got more power than Samad Taylor, a better approach than Samad Taylor, but a guy that's hit really well at all levels that he's played. He's really improved from the time he was in low A ball, high A ball, all the way up to A Omaha. I think he's somebody that would be an outside chance to be taken depending on outfield depth of another team in the Rule 5 draft, but I do think he's somebody the Royals want to add to the 40-man roster. Another guy that I'm kind of shocked he's already not up in Kansas City. It's Nick Lofton. Nick Lofton to me is somebody with his utility expertise. He can play center field, he can play short, he can play second, he can play third. That is very valuable. And I think at the plate, kind of like a Samad Taylor, you know, when you have that versatility, that's already good enough. But if you can provide anything at the plate that makes you a lot more valuable. I Means a top 5 prospect and yes, a very barren system, but the Royals also like Nick Lofton a lot. I mean, you used a high-round pick on him. Eventually, you got to see what he's got at the big league level. I think some of this success in AAA is going to translate to the big league level. So he's somebody out there I think that would be another lock for the 40-man roster. You want to go one step further? um, You you could always add somebody, let's say, like a John Rave. Uh, John Rave, who's had a pretty good year in the outfield. Tucker Bradley as well. He's had a, a really good year in AAA Omaha. I just don't know if it's really a concern that they're going to be taken. That's what you have to evaluate here. Like I said, pitching, you got to worry about far more than a positional player when adding guys to the 40-man roster. That's why I want to hammer in the point. Pitching is vital here. If you don't want to lose somebody in the 40-man roster, uh, shake up or shape up, whatever you want to call it, you got to add them to the 40-man roster, which is somebody like like Chandler Champlain, who you got in the Andrew Benintendi deal, he's one of my first ads because I would be concerned because of the numbers, because of his age, somebody's gonna take a chance on him. Good frame, six foot five, two twenty, great numbers and high in double A this year. Like somebody could take a look at him being 24 years old, a little bit more seasoned, and give him a chance. Steven Cruz, same thing. Will Klein, same thing. Power fastball, wipe out stuff, stash him in the bullpen. If they don't do as well, 10 day IL. That's what they did with Elvis Luciano. was 10 day IL, 10 day IL, 10 day IL. They just stashed him away over and over and over again. He still held a roster spot but they were willing to take that chance because they believed in him. He didn't turn out to be much, but that's why the pitching is taken so much more in the Rule 5 draft. It'll be fun to cover in the weeks leading up to it because I'm a sucker for Rule 5 draft picks. I love covering the draft, and I was always you know, upset when the Royals didn't take anybody or passed on somebody because you can. You can pass on your pick, and it goes to the next team. But what the Royals have right now in their system, the good thing is, as crazy as it sounds, their system's not very deep. So there's not going to be many teams trying to pluck guys from high A or, or just got to double A. It's going to be guys on the AAA roster with power stuff. Or if you have a big-time bat, like a C.J. Alexander, who they got in the Drew Waters trade last year from Atlanta, if somebody takes a chance there. But I don't think you know he's at risk, really. It's all about pitching. If you want to really dive a little bit deeper you know, one of the odd 40-man roster ads, but it made a lot of sense, was Diego Hernandez. who was one of the young, better-hitting outfield prospects they had, only about 21, 22 years old. And then he had a shoulder problem, shoulder separation, I believe, in spring training. Now he's back in AA Northwest Arkansas, but the Royals protected him. You you can do something like that. You know, somebody in, in high-A Quad Cities, Juan Carlos Negret, who is uh, far past uh, the age, I think, that you want to be at for high-A. He's a Cuban outfielder they got in that uh, the Braves scandal where they went over the international signing pool bonus money over that slot and the Royals got to pick up a couple of guys from so that system they just actually released Jeffrey Del Rosario, but Juan Carlos de Gret was one of those other guys. You could protect him if you think somebody's gonna take a chance. You could go even lower than that. Maybe it's somebody like a Javier Vaz. You know, some guys, it's more so you can't just like for instance, they couldn't take Blake Mitchell. You can't take guys that were just drafted. You couldn't do something like that. It's, it's guys that are, you know, on the doorstep at the big league level, have been in the minor leagues for a long time. You have to add them to the 40-man roster or you take your chance. And those are some of the guys right now that I feel like the Royals are going to protect. Royals reviewed a great story on it earlier today about some locks, some semi-locks, and then guys that are long shots. I, I really encourage people to go out there and read it. But to me, I totally agree with the article. I feel like Will Klein, Steven Cruz – I think Tyler Gentry and Nick Lofton are the five locks here. Those are the five guys I'd expect the Royals to add to the 40-man roster this offseason. Okay, before we wrap up this podcast episode today, I want to look at this rotation and how they can handle the Zach Granke spot. I think there is a role that he can fit in, but is it something the Royals really want to work through? I'll tell you if they want to, coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one Before we talk about this rotation and a little bit more on Zach Greinke, let's give a shout out to today's other title sponsor in Sleeper. I've got some fun picks for a game later on tonight, and it's from a team that the Royals just saw in the Bay Area, the Oakland Athletics—they'll be on the south side of Chicago, taking on a White Sox team that seems completely lost. New GM coming in—who uh, knows if Pedro Gafo is going to be gone? But at least they have a chance to have a fun home series against an Oth- Oakland Athletics A's, against an Oakland A's team that doesn't have great pitching, and an Oakland A's team that just simply can't keep up with that type of offense in Chicago. So for one of my picks tonight, I'm going to go with Luis Robert to Homer in this game. He's one of the 10 best players in all of Major League Baseball. Why would I bet against him? He is truly being a transcendent talent. May not seem like he wants to be there all the time, but I think he's going to have a good time tonight in sending one out in the south side of Chicago against this Oakland A's pitching staff. The second pick I do want to make I'm going to go with Estuary Ruiz. Yes, I'm going to throw in one pick for the Oakland A's. I expect him to steal at least one base in this game. He is a stolen base leader, not just in the AL, but in all of Major League Baseball. So I expect at least one time tonight, whether he starts or he comes in as a pinch runner or late inning defensive replacement, I'd expect him to get at least one stolen base against the Chicago White Sox. Now, with Sleeper, do you agree with my picks? Do you think Robert's going to hit the home run? you think Ruiz is going to get that stolen base? Well, I sure do, and on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big with Sleeper. I don't want to look at Zach Greinke in a bad light or like he's a burden because what he's done in Kansas City, what he's done for baseball, has been remarkable. I mean, he is one of the most interesting guys that baseball has ever seen. But now he comes back and he joins a pitching staff that is completely depleted. They have a rotation that has two stable guys, Cole Reagans and Brady Singer. And Singer will throw tomorrow night at Safeco Field against the red-hot Seattle Mariners, who have won eight of nine games. But it feels like Zach Greinke's in that spot where it's more so of a, a question, Than just forcing him to do something. I think the question the Royals should be asking Zach Greinke is, how do you want to go out? How do you want to finish your career? Because I don't expect the Royals to bring back Zach after this year. I don't know if Zach Greinke will pitch again after this year. I think they should ask. I think they owe him that. That's what I would say. They they owe Zach the respect to just ask him what role he wants. Now Zach may say, well, I have not been that very good on the road this year. How about I just start the home games? Any home game where my spot would be up in the rotation, I get a shot there. Or he could look at the role that he had against Oakland the other night, where Angel Serpa was the opener and he was the bulk pitcher, and he could say, I want my numbers to look a little bit better than they do right now to close out the year. And Maybe the best way to do that is me only throw four innings or so. Or Zach could say, let me be the opener. Let me go through the first three innings and then turn it over to somebody else. That's where I think they need to handle this situation. That's how they need to handle this situation. Because Zach Greinke is a Royals Hall of Famer. He's one of the most famous Royals of all time. He, in my generation, my childhood, Zach Granke's always been a part of baseball. And I know some fans have some you know, rugged feelings about him. They've got some uh, abrasiveness towards him because the way that he first left, he didn't want to stay in Kansas City because they weren't going anywhere. And the Royals go on to win a World Series. And then later down the road, Zach did as well. So I think both parties benefited a lot from this. They profited from this. And in the end, Zach Granke's final hours in the big leagues. He wanted to come back to where it all began. And I think that should have repaired a lot of the bad relationships or the bad taste in the mouth of a lot of Royals fans when he first left, which is where I'm at. I don't think Zach Granke needs to be getting the ball every fifth day and throwing five or six innings. He just doesn't have it anymore. The gas tank is on empty. And when the gas tank's on empty – You try to make this as easy as possible on him. Make it as easy on Zach as you possibly can. And also, develop some guys along the way. I really did like the way they use Zach Granke as the Bolt guy in Oakland, at least on the road. Because on the road, Zach has not been good ever since coming back in a Rose uniform. At home, he's been really good. So maybe the the best route to go is take him, start him at home, and then if his spot comes up on the road – You start an opener to make those numbers look a little bit better. Now, maybe you don't care about this. They're 41 and 88. Let Zach start for all I care because I don't really need to see Angel Serpa anymore. I don't need to see Tucker Davidson anymore. I can agree with that statement. I can agree with that argument. But to me, I think Zach kind of wants those numbers to look a little bit better, wouldn't you? This is your last year in the bigs. Now, Zach has shown from time time to time that he doesn't care too much about a lot of things, and that's a good thing. He's very relaxed on the mound. He has fun with it. He's just a very interesting guy. But I do think the Royals owe it to him to just ask what role he wants. It doesn't really matter if Zach starts or Angel Serpa starts or Tucker Davidson's the opener or Alec Marsh starts. It doesn't. A lot of those guys are going to give you the same stuff. It's more so about your evaluation process. I think you could ask Zach which role he wants. If it wants to be out of the bullpen, if he wants to start a few times, he'd be honest. You know, he's not one of those money-hungry guys or he's thinking to himself, you know, you brought me here on this contract. I'm one of the highest-paid guys on the team. I am going to start. I don't see him doing that. I really don't. Because he's somebody that I think wants the best for the Royals. And right now, the best for the Royals is using him in whatever spot that he wants to. Maybe I'm giving too much power to the player. But when you're 41 and 88 and you have a Hall of Famer on your hands, Let him choose this one. Let him choose this one. If there was somebody else that was pounding on the door to make starts in front of him, that's another thing. But maybe he wants to be the bulk pitcher. Maybe he wants to be in long relief. Who knows what Zach wants. But in this final month of maybe his career, I think that's the best thing to do for the Royals with this rotation, the state of the rotation, and for a true legend that is on their pitching staff. For who knows how many starts, how many innings, how many strikeouts. That is going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at underscore 15 That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And you can find us on all those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, just to name a few, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. But until next time, you take it easy, Kansas City.